I was thinking as we were singing that last song, Count Your Blessings, named them one by one, of what a world we live in and the problems that we face as we live in this world. Learning to count our blessings, recognizing how quickly Satan can take our counting our blessings and turn that against us. We're really blessed. We've been greatly blessed by God. And as a result of that, we really do not expect anything to go bad for us. When it does, then we question what's going on and so on and so forth. We live in a world in which God is very much alive and a world in which Satan is very much alive and the two are very much opposed to each other. And the problem is our trying to live them in a way that would bring honor and glory to God and not allow Satan to turn that around on us to use that to dismay us. The scriptures remind us over in 1 Corinthians 4 They're around somewhere, but they're not here. About what do you have? That you have not received. And if you've received it, why do you act as if you have not? There's nothing that we have that God has not given to us. And if God has given it to us, why do we boast or think that we haven't done something that we haven't been the beneficiaries of the goodness of God? We wrestle with it. You find them somewhere? Thank you. See, I couldn't talk bad about the computer, so I had to fuss with my glasses. But and trying to if you've looked at the scripture for this evening out of Second Kings twenty verses eight through eighteen or ten, asking of Hezekiah, what had they seen in your house? Isaiah asking the question. Going back and I'm thinking, I go back to Genesis for for a moment and and look in chapter 3 and verse 1. The serpent asking Eve, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? God has given. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. 
And Satan has a way of trying to use that to his advantage. Because then we want to, in a way, turn the, the thought around. We know Romans 8.28, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and to those who are called according to his purpose. And somehow we get the impression that all things are good. If you're, if you're a child of God, all things are good. And it's hard for us to realize, then you go over to Job, and you look at the blessings that Job had, and then how Satan can take what he's, God has blessed Job with and take it away from him. And God will permit that. That's a hard concept to work with. And you, if you read Job 1 and 2, it's again the, the confidence that God has in Job, the power that Satan has in the world, and our learning to not lose that confidence in God that he has in us. And Job lost a lot. Those are, again, illustrations that have been given to us for a life in which we live. We're reminded in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12, let him who stand take heed, lest he fall. In Proverbs 16, 18, no pride goes before destruction. Of being grateful for the blessings that God gives, and yet being, yet being careful not to allow that to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. And how well things go for us leans to that concept that, yes, we are greatly blessed. And if you read news reports, if you read mission reports from those who've done missionary works, and we've seen those slides from time to time of reminding us, those who live under the most extreme hardships physically oftentimes seem to be those who can rejoice in the Lord greatly. And so we have to watch that danger in our life. And Hezekiah has been given to us for an example. That as you read through his life earlier, you see his love for the Lord and his desire to please him. You read a little bit earlier And kings, and read about the conflict that he had with the Assyrians. Read about how he had to fight the battle with his people, not to listen to the charges of the Assyrians against Hezekiah. Telling the people, don't put your trust in Hezekiah. Look at what we have done to all the little nations around. Where was their God? Has their God protected them? 
Don't listen to Hezekiah saying, our God will protect us. In the history that records this conflict with the Assyrians against the Israelites, both biblically and secular, is tremendous reading. Seeing again how man perceives who he is, the Assyrians, there is not a God on the face of this earth that can stop what we're doing. But there's a God in heaven that could. But there's not a God on the face of this earth who can save any people from the power that we wield. And human beings get into that at times. And Hezekiah was having to fight that with his people. And having to be warned, trying to warn the people, don't listen to those Assyrians. And again, the conflict between Assyria and Israel is well documented in both records. Sennacherib will account that he took 46 wall cities of Israel as he came down. He said he came down and had Hezekiah shut up like a bird in a cage. He surrounded Jerusalem and he had Hezekiah like a bird. But he never tells or records why he never took the bird. Biblical account says he lost 185,000 troops in one night. And they scattered. And you would think that that would be sufficient to restore your trust in God. And as you begin to read, you find these cycles that we as human beings tend to go through. You go into chapter 20. And Hezekiah is told to set his life in order because he's going to die. And Hezekiah pleads with God. And God hears his prayer and answers it, gives him an additional 15 years of life. And in this case, it's one of those, be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you ask for. You may be given it. We would take an additional 15 years. Yeah, when Pat's dad went through his second cancer surgery for cancer on the brain stem, and the doctor came out and said, we won't know, can't, not, cannot tell for sure how he's going to be, whether he'll regain eating and, and talking and so forth. We won't know that for two years. And our response is, we'll take the two years. We'll take the two years. But they were nothing that we thought they would be. Didn't regain his speech. Couldn't eat. Had a feeding tube. Life was tremendously different for those two years. 
Be careful what you ask for. You may get it. Hezekiah asked for fifteen years, or asked for a life to be extended. Was given fifteen years. When his son Manasseh began to reign, he was twelve years of age. So when was Manasseh born? Had to be born during those fifteen years. And Manasseh is described as a wicked king. He would be led into idolatry. In Manasseh's case, he'd be one who would return, but the people would not. Manasseh is described as doing evil in the sight of God. So Hezekiah had seen the hand of the Lord in delivering him and the people from the Assyrians. May have given him the confidence of what? God is on our side, and so what? We're invincible. We're invincible. If the mighty Assyrians couldn't do any damage to us, we're, we're clear. And we can do that in our life if we're not careful. That's why, again, 1 Corinthians ten twelve, Let him who stand take heed, lest he fall. And pride goes before the destruction. Hezekiah is so proud that his life has been extended and he is prospering well that the son of the king of Babylon came down to, had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And he came down to check on him. Always good to check on your opponents, but he came down to check on Hezekiah. And verse 13 says that Hezekiah had showed him all the house of his treasures. Silver, gold, spices, precious ointment, all his armory, all found among his treasures. Nothing in his house or in all of his domain that Hezekiah did not show them. What is that? Pride. Look how well we are doing. We beat the Assyrians. God has blessed us. I had extended life. I have a child. Look what I have accumulated. Look what I have in my life, in in my house. All of the armory. Everything that was at his disposal, he had shown to the son of the king of Babylon. And when there's and with Isaiah in verse fifteen, asked Hezekiah, "What have they seen in your house?" And then he says, "You need to hear the word of the Lord. Your priority is in the wrong place." There's a challenge comes down for us. When things go well, things are prospering, things are upbeat and looking good, it's easy if, not, if we're not careful to allow the trust to go and the prosperity. 
God loves us. God is prospering us. We're doing good. Had that not been the history of Israel all down through time and had to be reminded time and time again. What do you have that you have not received? And if you received it, why do you act as if you have not received it? Why do you act as if this is what we have produced? Rather than saying this is a blessing that comes from God. And in scriptures remind us very plainly. And their immediate history reminded them very plainly as well that what you have can quickly be taken. Can quickly be lost. That's where your trust is. And if your trust is not in God. And if your trust is not in God, that when things do go, excuse me, when things do go bad, as we perceive it, that we do not lose the trust in God. There's lessons to be learned in everything. You'll be talk about that. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It comes, it goes. God is still blessed. God is still watched over his people. But we have that tendency again to, to have listened as Eve did and then Adam, to, to listen to that voice of the serpent. No, no, you're not going to die. And that's our concept. We're not going to die. We're going to be blessed. And then I encourage again to, to read Hebrews 11, verse 35, through the remainder of the chapter. And to, read, and to read how some of God's people were treated physically in their lives. But then to go back to verse 16 of Hebrews 11. God is not ashamed to be called their God. And they're described as his people. He's watched over them. He's blessed them. They've gone through some terrible things in this life. We've studied the life of Paul at times and and see some of the things that he went through. And then you ask the question. As you read 2 Corinthians 10, 11, and 12, as well as some other passages, and Paul describes all that he has gone through. Where do you think it ranks now in the mind of Paul? Faith is the victory. All that he went through physically is all long gone for thousands of years. The reward is eternal with God. There is no comparison. Isaiah would have to remind Hezekiah. He already should have known that. The days are coming. And all that is in your house. will be carried into Babylon. 
Everything you own, everything that you have shown, everything that you have boasted about of what is yours. The temple. And all its glory and all its splendor and all its gold and all the finery that was there. The vessels. And the Babylonians have their monument of carrying the Jews into captivity. And one of the pictures depicted is that of the menorah out of the temple being carried to Babylon. Shall be carried to Babylon, and nothing will be left, says the Lord. They're going to take some of your sons, and they're going to make them eunuchs, and they will serve in the palace of the king of Babylon. You go on and read in chapter 21, 24 and 25, and you can begin to see all of this beginning to be unfolded as Isaiah had told it would be. Written for us that we might learn through the scriptures where to put your trust. You put your trust, your hope, your confidence in God. Not in your personal achievements or your collective achievements. They're going to come and they're going to go. You live life long enough around here, you've seen that take place. Some of the places that we were proud of are empty buildings now. It's not where the pride is. And it's not just our being the children of God, although we ought to cherish that. But being the children of God does not mean we're immune to physical calamity or even spiritual calamity. Being a child child of God, being the children of God simply means, not simply, but it means that God knows you. He watches over us. He protects us in ways we do not see, and some of that protection is seen in the trials and the tribulations. We need to be reminded periodically. Sometimes on that daily basis when we rise up, Lord, as I begin to face today, help me to remember that there is nothing that I face today that you and I cannot handle. Emphasis on God. Whatever I face, I'm able. Not because of who I am or what I have in one sense. It's not anything within the physical. It's what I have in the spiritual. And the physical, it's gonna, they're going to come and go. But that spiritual. What are they seeing in your house? 
What would you boast for? What would you like to, to show to, to whom? Who did Hezekiah show all of that to? I mean, can you imagine in that day and age, or any day and age, inviting the enemy, the son of the king, inviting that enemy into your kingdom and then showing him everything you have, all of your armory. Look what I've got. Look where, here, here's where my gold pile is, my silver and everything else. Look at the beauty of our temple and all that's there. He showed him everything. Nothing was excluded. Now I said, you're foolish. All that's going to be gone. You've asked for, your, for a life and your life was extended. You've had at least the son Manasseh. You had other sons as well because you said your sons are going to, some of your sons are going to be carried into Babylon. And you're not going to like the consequence of what they're going to do when they go to Babylon. Do we remember? To put our trust in God. Again, it's easy when things are well. Not to, if we're careful, not to boast about what we've done and what we're doing. Need to be reminded it is because of who God is. He is working in our lives and through our lives that enables us to be who we are. Again, what do you have that you have not received. And if you have received it, why do you boast as if you have not? Let him who stand take heed, lest he fall. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. But faith is to be and God, search me, O God. You think about that concept as we sing that invitation song. He already knows you. I know, I understand that. He already knows everything about you. But you think about what you're asking. Search me, O God. Look deep within me. Help me to know how much you know about me. And help me to have trust in you enough to walk each step with you. Life can throw us some curves. It has, it may be, and it will. But there's not a curve that life throws us that is greater than God. Put your trust in Him. So as we live today, as we live tomorrow, and as we live the days that remain that God has given us, given unto us, are we really asking Him to search us and to know us? And are we really willing 
for us to open the heart to God. You need to make a change in your life this evening that we could be of assistance to you in doing that. If you need to respond to that invitation, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.